And those people that wouldn't go into his presence but had stayed outside would just take a big deep breath and walk off. And as I was sitting and listening to them worship, I was thinking to myself, if you didn't enter into his presence, it wasn't nobody else's fault but yours. If you sat in your seat tonight and thought about something that you needed to do at home or thought about a business deal that needed to do or you thought about what job was you needed to do tomorrow, I promise you, you missed out on absolutely the greatest opportunity in the world to experience the very heart of God because in the presence of God, that's where the heart of God is found. God is never found in the superficial stuff. God is found in the very heart and if you'll just step on beyond that faith I don't know a whole bunch but I know that I want the fullness that God has for me I want the fullness that God has for my wife and my kids I want the fullness that God has for them I want everything that God has but the fullness of God will never be found with me standing outside of his presence I've got to have the courage for the first time in my life to believe that I'm worth being in his presence isn't that cool when you get the idea that you're worth the audience of a king audience of a king tonight we're going to do something a little different Pastor Dennis asked me if we would sing a song that the first time I heard it was actually in a prison here in Louisiana Paul Staggs with Branded wrote the song and I've sang the song here before some people heard the song and said there needs to be a video to do the song and I'm beyond honored That a kid grew up in trailer park to trailer park. That God would allow me to be a part of something like this on this level. We've been receiving testimony after testimony about people's lives that are being touched because they saw this video on Facebook. This video is not about making money. We don't even have an album out. That's not what it's about. But everywhere that I go, let me ask you in this place tonight, just here, How many of you in this place know someone that has been affected by drug or alcohol addiction? Just raise your hand. Just Okay, now I want you to keep your hands up, please, for a minute. Now I want the rest of you to look around. Look around. And put your hands down. We can either put our head in the sand and say it's not happening to me so therefore it doesn't mean anything but be on my end talk to a mama that her son is locked up for 20 years because he's hooked on methamphetamines and he was stealing so that he could uh, take care of his habit Talk to the mom that the son died because he got a hold of fentanyl and some of his heroin and he OD'd There's an epidemic that's happening in this world. And listen to me. Some people can say, well, that's your opinion because you're a preacher. What I'm about to tell you is true. There are people and they're doing dope and they're drinking alcohol not because it's fun, but they're trying to fill a void because they're 
empty on the inside and they're running from a hurt. I promise you tonight, God has never called the church to preach a message of condemnation because I promise you, it's the goodness of God. If we'll tell somebody about the goodness of God, sooner or later they'll want the goodness of God. And there's people out there tonight that are absolutely smoking, snorting, and shooting themselves up to death all because they feel like they're nothing. And to be honest with you, the church is complicit because we throw our nose in the air if they don't look like us and if they don't act like us and if they don't talk like us and if they've got a criminal record let's be careful who we allow into our place dear God clean the house and get the religious suckers out of the way and bring me those broken ones that no one else wants that's who God is crying out today so I want to ask all of you to do me a favor Did you pull out your phone real quickly? See, somebody's already getting a phone call. I want you to pull your phone out. I want you to do me a favor. You can either go to your notes or you can go there now. I want you to go to short on Facebook, short, round, ministries. Short, round, ministries. Here's my promise. Pastor Dennis knows me as good as any human alive. If you go to Short Round Ministries, I want you to like it and I want you to follow it. You will never be asked for anything. If you get something from me that's asking you for something, you can be assured it didn't come from me. But I want you to go to Short Round Ministries and I want you to find that video when church is over. And I don't want you to just like the video. I could care less about that. I don't care if anybody even knows who I am, but I want you to share it. And when we get through with this video tonight, you'll understand why. Because there might be someone that is hopeless. And if they see this, maybe we can get them to a place of help. So do we need the lights down for them to see that, DA? Can, can, I don't have any idea. If we need the lights down, Duke, drop the lights. If not, I have no idea what the screens look like. But this song's called Lay It Down. And give me some of this, Kevboy. This is cool, Jumbotrons. When he came in Sunday morning, he still smelled like Friday night. His eyes had burned like fire each time he looked up to the light. Then he came up to the altar before the preaching ever starts. Laid a bottle on the pew beside the visitation card. And he looked up to the heavens and he said If I do this anymore, Lord, I'll be dead He laid it down, let it go Threw his hands up and surrendered to the Lord He lived his life on the ground Now he's taking 
taken all his chances now he's done lead it down let it go down from the choir loft the preacher stopped and stayed he never dreamed that he'd look up and see her standing there and she reached into her purse and grabbed a tiny plastic bag laid it on the altar with a needle that she had and she looked up to the heavens and she said If I do this anymore, Lord, I'll be dead She laid it down, let it go Through her hands up in surrender to the Lord She lived her life Taking all the chances Now she's done She laid it down have your Bibles, I want you to go with me to Luke chapter 22. The word tonight will not be long. I want you to know from the beginning that there will be a time offered for ministry as I could not come and share this message tonight with you without giving you an opportunity to let God do something in your life. Let's pray over this word. Father, we thank you for what you're about to do. It is so very unimportant that these people hear me. But it is vitally important that they hear you. 
I pray, Father, that everything that you have to say tonight, that it would be elevated, Father, at the loudest decibel possible, that they would honor, Father, that when you speak to them, that any word that you plant within them, it'll bring life for them and their family for generations to come. Now, Father, anything that's me, let it go in one ear and right out the other. But you, let them give that thing home. Now, Father, we honor you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, if you agree, would you say amen? I want to carry you to Luke chapter 22 and verse 54, speaking about when Peter denied Christ. It says, then seizing him, they led him away and they took him into the house of the high priest. And Now listen carefully. And Peter followed at a distance. Now grab a hold of this with me in this place tonight. I want you to, if I have some echo on, Kebboy, will you make sure that that's off? I hear a little echo. Listen to me. The very first thing that I see when I read this is that Peter began to follow from a distance instead of everything else that I read. How many of you remember the stories where Peter was always there? And if I'm not mistaken, Peter was the one, Dennis, that you and I would have probably been most like because he was the one that never could keep his mouth shut and he was always willing to get in a fight. And I have no idea if he was tough or not, but I know he was pretty good with a sword. When they come after Jesus, the first one to jump up was Peter. He was like, it's on like Donkey Kong, dog. You ain't touching. This is my Savior right here. I'll do anything. He was ready to fight. But let me, let me tell you something. It's just like people in our churches today. Now, follow me because we've all been there before. We come in and we let God begin to do something amazing in our life because understand this. God has the ability and the desire, but God is always waiting for you to give him permission. But all of a sudden... We we come in and we say, God, I give you permission to these areas of my life. And God begins to stoke a fire within you. God begins to move in you. God begins to do stuff in your family. And man, you're on cloud nine. You're, Whoa, man, nothing can put this out. And then before too long, you get distracted because how many of you in this place know that life happens? Any of y'all in this place ever built a house before? Raise your hand. Any of y'all in this place ever bought a house that had no landscaping whatsoever in it and a wife that desired landscaping? Let me tell you something. I understand about life happening because we bought this house and my wife said, oh goodness, I can see this and this. And you know what I saw? Ray will never sit down again in his life because there's going to be chores one right after the other. I understand life happening because, man, you get off the road and you got to be going. Isn't it amazing if you're not careful before too long instead of mammying up with Jesus and following him in that personal and intimate relationship that you began to follow him from a distance. Hello? Oh, now, Brother Ray, I'm not certain that I know what you're talking about. Really, when's the last time you fell on your face before God? And you put everything else aside. And you begin to cry out to God. And you begin to talk to God about real personal and real intimate things. When's the last time you did anything besides go to church or when's the last time you did something other than read about a 10 minute devotion in the morning? When's the last time you just set aside everything because you just needed some intimate time with God and got real with him? Hello? Well, you don't understand because life, I got to go to work and I got this to do and I got that to do. How many of you know that even in ministry we can get to that place? 
I have found myself in ministry before so busy ministering to people that I had totally and completely left the most important ministry and that is with Jesus himself and me hanging out and spending time with him. I find it interesting that the very first thing that happens after they betrayed Jesus, you see, when you get in the middle of a storm, there will always be a definition made of you. You're either going to grab tight to Jesus or you're going to begin to distance yourself because as we know, sometimes we can make things a little easy if we just back off. Oh, man, because everybody knows back here, man, I don't want to be associated with Jesus because then I have the right to throw a fit. Has anybody in here ever wanted the right to throw a fit before? Just raise your hand or am I the only idiot in here? Now, there's some of you men sitting there didn't raise your hand. Have y'all ever had the right to lie before, but you just, you did in church? Yes, because you didn't raise your hand. Every one of us in here have wanted to throw a fit before. I promise you, I learned this a long time ago. I was in Stephenville, Texas. I'll never forget it as long as I live. I used to carry a trailer with me. It said, short round ministries, reaching the livestock world for Jesus. And these three Spanish fellas pulled in. I didn't know I was going the wrong way. I didn't mean it. I just got through preaching. And they pulled in, and they started talking to me in Spanish. And I'm not real sure what they were saying, but I savvied a little bit of what they were saying because I speak some Spanish, but none of it that I can say in church. Amen. Hallelujah. And they began to all tell me that I was number one at the same time. Now, folks, I'm going to tell you something. All three of them Spanish boys, one of them probably could have whooped me, but I went blind. Do you understand what I'm telling you? I just got through sharing Jesus, and I grabbed that steering wheel, and I could envision me grabbing the first one right up there by his Adam's apple and squeezing real tight until he lost a little bit of oxygen until his eyeballs looked like he had a thyroid problem, and then grabbing a hold of the next one and just kicking him right in the mouth and looking at the other one and saying, do you want some of what these got? Don't you ever cuss me in Spanish or in English because I take a lot of things good but a cussing ain't one of them and I'm sitting there and I got this steering wheel and thank God I was in a Dodge or it would have broke I grabbed a hold of it and I mean I am just grabbing this thing and all of a sudden it hits me Ray don't you do it you have that trailer with you and it says sharing Jesus with the livestock world you can't go out there and whoop them boys or get in a fight because you got your Jesus trailer with you Wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it have been something for Peter if Jesus had attached himself to him and said, I don't care what happens. I'm going to drag you with me. You're not going to leave me. I will not allow you to begin to follow me from a distance because at a distance, you're going to find denial of me. From a distance, you're going to find rejection in life. From a distance, you're going to find condemnation. Son, you got to stay with me even though it looks tough. See, sometimes we got to grab a hold and understand that we got our Jesus trailer with us all the time. The church today doesn't need any more marketing skills. The church today doesn't need a new look. The church today just needs to quit following from a distance. Y'all getting something out of this or am I wasting your time? 
Then seizing him, they led him away, and they took him into the house of the high priest, and Peter followed at a distance. But when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter sat down with them, and a servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight, and she looked closely at him and said, This man was with him. Verse 57 says, But he denied it. Woman, I don't know him, he said. And a little later, someone else saw him and said, You also are one of them. Man, I am not. Peter replied about an hour later another asserted certainly this fellow was with him for he is a Galilean and Peter replied man I don't know what you're talking about and just as he was speaking the rooster crowed now listen to verse 61 because we fix and get right down in the middle of it and the Lord turned and looked straight at Peter Can you imagine that minute? Any of you in here ever had a time in your life where you didn't even want to look yourself in the eye? Or am I the only one? I wish I could tell you that my testimony was that I was saved and set free my entire life and I never did anything wrong. But I've got to be honest with you, there was times where I couldn't even hardly look at myself in the mirror when I was brushing my teeth in the morning because I was so ashamed of who I was and what I had become. But can you imagine? At the moment that you've denied Jesus for the third time when you swore that you never would, when you had seen him perform miracles, when you had seen him raise dead babies from the dead and bring them back to life, when you had seen him feed five thousand with seemingly nothing when you had seen him do every miracle in the whole wide world and all of the sudden you because things got rough and you decided to distance yourself because I promise you kingdom work will always be work that you feel like you're in hot water kingdom work is not for the faint at heart following Jesus Christ will cost you everything you have see when you follow him your identity is always in him now catch this but could you imagine what Peter saw when he looked into the eyes of Jesus you see I got a little different take on this now follow me Our love is conditional, isn't it? Y'all agree with me in this place? Our love is conditional? Some of you are looking at me like you don't know the answer. Give me a baseball bat and tell me which one your car is, and I'm going to go beat every window you got out of it. Will you love me? Absolutely not. You'll send me to jail, won't you? And you may give me a false, oh, I love him in Jesus' name. You a liar? You hope I rot in jail. Because how in the world could I do that to you? See, everything Peter knew, we don't know anything about Peter's upbringing, but from everything I know about Peter, I bet it was rough. Peter had found his identity in Christ. Peter had found his identity in following Christ Jesus. And for the first time when he denied him for the third time and he looked into his eyes, he saw something that he wished he had never saw. He saw someone who believed in him and forgave him. And I think it was almost more than what Peter could take because Peter couldn't forgive himself. Peter was angry at himself. How many of us walk through life and God's crying out, I know you've fallen and I know that 
that you've done wrong. But how long are you going to hold on to that? I want to forgive you. I believe you're worth forgiving. But you've got to believe me and quit running from my love. Maybe I'm the only one in this place that it's easier for me to forgive somebody else than it is for me to forgive myself. Because I grew up knowing better. You ever done something and you knew better? Think about that for a little bit. I knew better. But when Peter looked into his eyes, he saw something that was much more than he could take. Listen to what he does next. Almost done. Will you come? The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. And then Peter remembered the word of the Lord, the Lord, word that the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. Now listen to verse 6 too, because this is key. And he went outside and he wept bitterly. See, maybe I'm wrong. I don't think that I am. I don't think that crying was one of Peter's top suits. I don't think that Peter was the kind of guy that at the drop of a hat, he had an estrogen fit and he would just cry because something happened and the Lord had done something miraculous. Dennis, I believe with all my heart that Peter was always that one that was tough and was bowed up. That's who I believed that he was. But I believe after he looked into the eyes of Jesus. And he saw forgiveness. True, pure, unadulterated forgiveness. Unconditional love and forgiveness. I believe it was more than he could take. Some people will tell you, oh, it was just he went outside because he failed God. I think he looked into the eyes of Jesus and saw the heart of God. If you ever want to know God, you look at his heart. I want you to bow your head, close your eyes all across this place. All across this place. If you're born again in this place, I want you praying. I don't want you bowing your head now thinking about ten other things that you have to do. I want you praying right now. The first question I'm going to ask is this. If you're in this house... And you say, Ray, I don't know about this goodness of God that you're talking. Ray, I don't know if I have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And Ray, there's a part of me, just to be quite honest with you, Ray, I feel empty. But Ray, I want to know the goodness of God. Ray, I want to be forgiven of my sins. If that's you, 
Now listen, I'm going to tell you this because the Holy Spirit bumped me. When I said that, there is a Peter in this place. And you've stayed where you're at for a long time because you think you're getting what you deserve. You don't have to get what you deserve. Jesus took what we deserved on that cross and He gave us what He intended. Forgiveness. If you're in this place tonight and you say, Ray, that's me. I don't know. I don't know if I'm saved. When I count to three, I want you to get your hand high in the air. One, two, three. Just raise them up. Anywhere. Going once. Yes, yes, yes. Anywhere else. Anywhere else. Going once. Going twice. Now, put your hands down. The second call is this tonight. If you're in this place tonight, and you're going to be honest with me, I've been honest with you. And life has just happened. And when I said Peter was following at a distance and we began to get into this message, you thought to yourself, my goodness, that's where I'm at right now. I didn't intend to follow at a distance, but life just happened. And you want God to renew and restore within you that relationship that you first had. You want that intimacy that you used to have again. If that's you, and you're in this place tonight, when I count to three, I want you to throw your hand high in the air. One, two, three. Keep them up. They're all over this place. Keep them up. Anywhere else. Anywhere else. Oh, thank you, Lord. Now put your hands down. Now, I want to know just for me, Every head bowed and every eyes closed, I promise you. If you're in this place tonight and it's you, and you said, Ray, I'm struggling with this forgiveness deal. Because, Ray, I don't feel like I've deserved forgiveness because I was wrong, man. I don't know why, but in my spirit, there's somebody in this place tonight and you're struggling with that. If that's you, would you just raise your hand right now? Every head, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my goodness. You think it's an accident you're here tonight? I don't. Put your hands down and look up at me. I told Nathaniel before we started tonight. I said, Nathaniel, I'm going to give a call to the people. Those that may have been following from a distance for a while. Some of you that raised your hand and said, I don't know if I've ever accepted Jesus. Matter of fact, here's what I'm going to do. Pastor Dennis, can I use you? Because I think some people are going to need to pray with you. Pastor Dennis is going to stand right here. If you want to receive Christ, in other words, you raised your hand on that first call. There was three or four of you that said, I don't know if I'm saved or not. Pastor Dennis is going to pray with you. The rest of you, this is an altar. And some of you may go, man, I don't know if I can. Then get up and just come stand. Do something. Don't let the enemy keep you where you've been. Don't follow from a distance any longer. You say, Ray, can it really be that different? I believe with all my heart and with all my soul and with all my mind that this can be a night that everything is changed for you, that you can come and leave junk and go to your destiny. Now, those of you that want to receive Christ, feel free to come see Pastor Dennis. He wants to pray with you. The rest of you, I want you to flood these altars. Just come. 
just come.